Welcome back to the D3 Golf Guys podcast. We've got a great episode for you tonight. We're going to sit down with your individual national champion from the men's tournament, Will Hawker from Webster University. But first, we want to talk to you about our friends at Rapsodo. If you haven't been paying attention, and I know you have, Rapsodo has created the best, most portable launch monitor on the market today. It's about the size of a rangefinder, and you can take it out to just about anywhere. You can do it indoors and outdoors to track your launch stats. And I'm telling you, even D3 Golf guys have been going through and using this as we got a new five wood. We posted that out on Twitter to show sort of, all right, got to figure out how far this goes. If it's on a tee, if it's on the ground, where we go. It's really great to help you dial in your yardages, understand your spin rates and launch angles. Right now, we have an exclusive limited time offer for all the D3 Golf Guys fans out there. We can get you $50 off. That's a 10% savings on a brand new Rapsodo. When you go to rapsodo.com, just plug in the code D3GOLFGUYS, all one word with the number three, to get your special rebate. Again, that's D3GOLFGUYS at checkout to get $50 off a brand new Rapsodo launch monitor. Get yours today. All right, and with that, let's jump into the interview with the individual national champion, Will Hawker from Webster University. All right, and joining me today, your 2021 national champion, Will Hawker. Will, welcome to the D3 Golf Guys podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. So uh, first things first, congratulations. I mean, just an outstanding four days. Tell me a little bit about it. Tell me what the experience was, because you were never more than tied for second from at the end of the every round yeah so to be honest with you going in I was uh I was kind of worried about my ball striking I knew that since we we're going to be out in West Virginia it was going to require really good ball striking to get around all the hills and everything um out there so you know going in I was a little bit nervous I got off to a good start the first day um First hole, starting out the tournament, made about a 60-footer um, for birdie. And ever since then, I just kind of settled down the nerves and calmed me down. And um, I was just ready to go since then. Well, that's great. Nothing like Mick Cannon, a 60-footer to settle you in, huh? Yeah, yeah. D- uh, going down the hill, I was – I mean, I was just sitting there going, please, two-putt this. Let's just get a par, start the tournament. We'll go off good. And I hit the putt. And about three quarters of the way there, I was like, whew, that looks good. That that might go in. And sure enough, it hit the pin and dropped. And I couldn't be more ecstatic to start the tournament that way. Well, that's great. So uh, this is your uh, – you're listed as a senior. But due to COVID, I have to ask everybody, so is this your last year playing at Webster or are you coming back next year? No, funny, funny thing is um, about middle of February, I was talking with my parents and I said, you know, I'm, I'm just going to give it this last semester and I'm going to be done with golf. I'll move on, go off into the r- real world. And about halfway through the semester, my mom's going, I, I think you should play again next year. I think you should do it. And I was kind of on the fence. And then after this past week out in West Virginia, I was like, okay, I'll, I'll come back for another year. I'll All right. Yes. Got to come back and defend. Excellent. Yeah. Okay. Well, now comes the tough questions. All what right. is a gore lock? A gore lock, it's a mysterious creature. It's made up by our uh, art students at Webster. 
It's um, so Gore and Lockwood are two main streets that intersect at our university. And they took those two names and made it together or put them together to create the Gore Lock. And then the actual um, Gore Lock is a it's a St. Bernard mixed with a bear. And oh, I should know this. And another with horns. Yeah, so it's three three animals <laughs> all mixed together, and that's how they came up with the Gorlock. Okay, all right. So, uh, yeah, that, that was the first tough question. Here, here comes the other bigger tough question. Tell me about the mustache and the story behind it and how upset either your mom or girlfriend or all of the above were that you had your picture taken with it. Okay, so the mustache started – after the first tournament, we played our first event at Milliken in um, about the middle of March. And I ended up winning. And I said, you know what? I'll keep the mustache until we're done with the season. I've It worked for the first event. I'll just keep it running. And so I kept it going. We made it past conference. And probably about three to four days before we headed off to West Virginia, I told some teammates of mine, I said, hey, if we make the cut this week, I'll dye it blue. I'll, I'll go full blue mustache <laughs> and I'll do it. And they're like, are you sure? Do you want to do that? And I was like, yeah, I, I'll do it as long as we make the cut. So after the first two days, we made the cut, but we were I was the last group to finish on the second yeah. day. So we went over to the parents. The parents had a little cottage and we went and had dinner with them. And my mom had the blue dye ready to go. Yes, mom was part like, of it. She's like, it's going to take about an hour. I don't know if you want to do it tonight. So we ended up passing on cut day and did it after the third day. And funny thing is all my friends were were saying the same thing. They were going, what was your mom thinking? Was she okay with that? And my mom was actually the one who did the entire process. She helped me through it. And she was just happy that I told my teammates that I would do it. We made the cut. And she said, hey, you have to be a man of your word. You have to do it. (laughs) That's great. So for those of you that don't know, I, I did a bunch of research on Will before this. And Every picture is this nice, clean-cut young man. And then I get to the national championship photo, and it's got this blue mustache. And I'm like, okay, what is going on here? You know, it's not like we watch on TV for Division Three. So you get the pictures after, it's like, wait, what? That's, that's, that's not the same kid. Yeah, I was. <laughs> it was funny because I remember walking from the parking lot up to the putting green on the last day, and everyone and their parents are looking like who who's that guy what does he really have a blue mustache what's going on there yeah that must be one of those guys in the back of the field nobody knows what's going on no no no. that's the guy winning the tournament right now (laughs) yeah that was the funniest thing about it and all we were talking about as a team that night before the last day they go hey man you got a blue mustache you're gonna have to go out there and you're gonna have to do something special you can't go out there rocking a blue mustache and lay an egg yeah. So let's let's talk about the final round. As as we did here on D3 Golf Guys, we thought you had an advantage playing on the other side of the golf course. You By know, far. everybody else was in the, the same group staring at each other. And we thought, you know, Will is on the other side of the golf course. Not Nobody really around paying a lot of attention. So tell me a little bit about that. And then I want to get into what you did on the back nine that day. Yes, yeah, so I 100% agree with you. I I knew looking at the leaderboard yesterday, I checked the pairings, and I know Jimmy Morton, Andrew, and 
forget the other guy's name. They they were all we were all tied at two over, and yeah. I saw they were all playing together. And then Rob was at three over, one group ahead, mm-hmm. and I just kept telling myself, you know, for an individual perspective. I had it set up. I didn't have to go out there and play with the guys that I was directly competing with for the title. And to be honest, finishing on the front nine there was a huge advantage. I knew the back nine was much tougher, so I was going to have to kind of get off to a good start and just weather the storm for the first couple holes. And then once I got to the back nine, I knew there was some holes out there that could reward some birdies. So going into the day, I just told myself, you know, be be relaxed. Just try and get through this front, this first nine holes. It's going to be difficult, but hey, you're going to finish on the easier side. So if you can just get it, you know, kind of have a day going where it's nothing special, but you can get it to the backside and make some numbers. And I, I 100% agree. I, I was very fortunate enough to that I didn't have to stare down my playing competitors right there who were all competing for the same title. And our team wasn't in the hunt for a national championship where all those other three guys, you know, they got the pressure of trying to win an individual title and win the team championship. So for me, that was much more relaxing, just going in, knowing, hey, play your game. You'll be all right as long as you just control yourself. Yeah. So, so you're, you're kind of going along, you make the turn. I think you were what, like two over or something like that. It made the turn, which was pretty good on that backside. So you had to be feeling good there. Did you know kind of where things stood at that point? So I did not, I knew turning at two over, I left a couple on the back, but I was, I was pleased with it because there's some holes out there on the backside that if you're not careful, you fall asleep, they'll come up and bite you real quick. So I wasn't, Turning at two over, I was pleased with that. Um, unfortunately, I went to one, had a really bad three putt, had about 80 yards out in the middle of the fairway, didn't hit a good wedge, three putted. And I, from there, I just told myself, all right, this is kind of where you can get it going. Didn't do anything special on two or three, just made pars. And then I had another three putt on number four, my 13th hole. And I kind of knew at that time, I knew it was a costly three putt. And I walked off the green and I asked my mom, I said, hey, where am I at? I know I'm behind, like, I, I can't see the leaderboard. Like, what? where am I standing right now? She told me, you're two back going into that hole, so you're probably three back. And I think it turns out I was about, I might have been four back after that point. Yeah. And it was a really big benefit. We're going up to number five, par five, big dog leg right. And I walk up and our two man's on the tee box. And he knows that I'm kind of heated. He's trying to calm me down, you know, just relax me. He goes, you got a, you got a chance to win this. And for me, it was very fortunate. Our two man's my roommate. Okay. So, it's a very calming voice for me. And he goes, hey, man, you got this. Calm down. You got holes left. And we go to, we finally wait for them to tee off, tee off on five. And I'm standing in the fairway of five, about 195 yards out up the hill. And my playing competitors about three yards behind me. He's going over with his coach about what they think the number is playing, which really benefited me. It helped me commit to a club. So he went up and hit, came up a little bit short. And as soon as I saw that, I knew exactly what I needed to do. And I was, I just told myself in the fairway, Hey, you, you've shot yourself out of it at this point, but this can be your moment. This can be your defining moment. 
make a good swing here and you can make birdie. Hit one of the best five irons of my life up to about 25, 30 feet just off the green, rolled the putt in, couldn't believe it, fell in last roll. And from then on, I just kind of had that comfortability where I said, hey, you got two more holes that are kind of challenging, ended up making birdie on both of them. And once I did that, I I just was trying to coast in, not necessarily coast in, but just get it in the clubhouse. No more bogeys from then on. Yeah. So how, how big was the fist pump on the eagle putt dropping? Oh, it was it was awfully large. I remember my um, – so one of our teammates drove out, and he was watching with our old coach who uh, resigned this January. Yeah. And the ball's getting closer and closer to the hole. I start kind of putting up my putter a little bit like Tiger, <laughs> just like, come on, just trying to urge it into the hole. And it fell in on the last roll. And I, I gave it a big fist bump. My mom started screaming behind the green. That's awesome. And from then I was like, all right, you got this. Just keep on, keep the same energy. Yeah. And so then you go to the 420 yard hole and make birdie there. But to, talk to me about the 200 yard par three. I mean, did you just stuff one in there or was that another long putt? No, I, I, I stuffed one in there. So I made birdie on six and went to seven. Our two guys were standing on the tee of seven again. So I knew I was going to be hitting a long iron in. All I did was just make sure I was moving around the tee box, eating, drinking water, making sure I was comfortable. And finally, they cleared the green and it ended up being a perfect five iron for me again. And I just oh, told wow. myself, aim it two, three yards left, pull your cut, let it feed on in there. And that was truly probably the best five iron of my life. As soon as I knew it, I knew I, or as soon as I hit it, I knew I flushed it. It felt great coming off the face. And I looked up and it's going right at the pin, landed probably eight yards short, rolled up to about three feet. Nice. And once I knocked that in, that was a really big confidence booster going into the last two. Yeah, but then but then you got the par five next. You're probably thinking, all right, I got another par five. I'm, I'm going to make another birdie here. Yeah, so the par five was interesting because um, they had OB directly right, a pretty yeah. narrow fairway, and the left side, the rough is very slopey. Yeah. And I we walked up, and our four-man was walking off the tee box. So oh, I had no. to wait for the three-man and the two-man to tee <laughs> off. And I'm staring at the OB the whole time going, all right, just one good drive here. You get past this tee shot, and you can get it in. Ended up leaving a little close to the OB. It got by. It, it ended up not being a problem. And from then on, you're right. I was going, all right, you can get another birdie here, maybe – and maybe run it again on nine and ended up lipping out from about six, seven feet on eight and lipping out on nine. But once I got past that tee shot on eight, I was like, all right, I can, it's time to settle down now. It's, yeah. it's kind of free from here on. That was in. the last challenge. Yeah. So yeah. You're, you're walking up, the, you're walking up nine, right. And, and everybody's standing around. Do, do you have any idea where things are or, because I if I don't remember where the timing was and where people were. If you had to wait that long, you pop, everybody else could have already finished. But I just yes. tell me about walking up to nine green. So we were walking up. Um, me and my coach Matt Gordon. We were walking up off the tee box, and he's right there by my side. So I kind of had an idea that I had played myself back into contention, and I just told him walking up nine fairway. I said, "Hey, 
I don't know where I'm at. I don't want to know where I'm at. All I know is that I'm proud of the way I fought today. I did not have my game to start and I finished well. And that's what I'm most proud of. And he didn't, he did very well. He didn't tell me anything, didn't tell me where I was at, what I needed to do. So I get up on nine, hit a wedge to about 20, 25 feet out of the rough. And he's still not telling me anything where I'm at, but the whole night, number nine greens filled with everyone around yeah, it. Yeah. And I think at the same time, the one guys on the lead, on the top three teams were finishing on 18 as well. Yeah. And so I'm coming up there. I was like, all right, that's quite a few people that maybe, maybe I did play myself back into contention here. And I hit my putt from about 20 feet, lip it out in from two three inches and the crowd just starts clapping whenever i heard that i was like okay maybe maybe i did win this i still don't have any idea and i walked over to my coach and said give it to me where am i at and he just told me you're a national champion and honestly as soon as he told me that i broke down in tears my parents were there and having my teammates i live with two of my teammates and having them there was the greatest feeling in the world no, no blue dye problems from the mustache with the tears. No, no blue dye. The unfortunate thing is, whenever I did it, the blue dye kind of leaked through my mustache a little bit, so my skin <laughs> had a little bit of dye on it. And it took a couple of days for that to go away. So I know that that last day, you could see blue dye through my mustache on my skin. That was a little rough. <laughs> That's great. That's great. Uh, so. You know, thanks for coming on. Great story. Super proud of the way you played. Awesome stuff. Um, what's your major? Talk to me a little about about Will, the non golfer. Do we like to? We want to celebrate the Division Three stuff, which is, hey, we are all going to have real jobs here one day. Yeah, yeah, it's inevitable. So, I originally, so coming out of high school, I was going to go to Wichita State. I was initially verbal there decommitted about two weeks before my signing day, went to the University of Oklahoma just to go to school and do all that fun stuff. After about a month or two there, I was thinking to myself, man, you could have played four years of free golf. That's not going to last forever. Maybe you should have done that. And by the end of my year, I had a friend in high school. We went to the same high school and he said, hey, I'm talking to this coach up in St. Louis. Are you interested in like maybe coming up and playing or talking to him? And I reached out to him. It was Andrew Belsky, our former coach. And he gave me a spot. I, I decided to transfer to Webster, got my undergrad in finance at Webster this last December started my NBA this semester and now I'm going to extend it to come back for next year and finish it in the spring of 2022. Well, that's great. What, uh, so what, what do you want to do when you, when you do finish school? What, what's the goal? Honestly, to tell you right now, I'm not a hundred percent sure. My, my mom, whenever I decommitted from Wichita state, she said, I think you should play and I think you need to go do this. And I didn't listen to her. And to be honest, she was right. I should have gone and played, but it worked out pretty well how it went. And so now she's telling me, I think you should just dip your hand in the try and go professional. You know, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. If it works, it's the best job you can imagine. Right. So I think after next year, I'll kind of dip my hand in the water and see if I can make it on the pro circuit. If not, 
I'll probably move back home and, you know, end up going into the big boy world, getting a real right. job. Well, that's good. Well, we, oh, well, we wish you all the luck. Uh, you know, keep following us along. We're going to follow you all next year and we're rooting hard for you. Um, but enjoy your summer. I know it's going to be a good one. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. All right. Thanks. Thanks, Will. Have a good one. Thank you. Wow. Uh, great story there by Will. Uh, thanks again for having him come on the program. Uh, special thanks goes out to Coach Matt Gordon, who uh, helped me get Will on the program. As you heard, uh, he was right alongside Will as they were coming up the last hole there. So, uh, Coach Gordon, uh, thank you very much. And uh, take a valuable lesson from uh, Will's story there. Listen to your mother. Um, moms tend to know what's best for you. But with that note, we'll say, head them straight. Cheers. Cheers.